All right. So I was, uh, I had wrote down a few things for the last couple of weeks and um, I, I bought a new notebook so I could jot things down at work. And I started jotting things down at work and then my jotting started turning into five minute sessions and I realized this is not jotting stuff down at work. So I just started writing. I, I trying to get my life a little more um, in, organized so when I'm at work and I take my lunch break, I can actually do more when I'm not working on working. Um, so I was, I've been writing things down and I was, uh, I was just kind of going over some things in. And then, um, I don't know, Layla and I were talking about something and I can't remember all the details of it. And we are talking about how we go through life and how when we come into trials and things that don't go our way or things that feel um, afflict, afflicted to us or feel, feel like things are going through a battle, how, how we go through those. And um, there's this one phrase from, the, uh, from a TV show I, um, I, I like to watch every now and then, and, and something happens to him, and he's like, that's a hate crime. He goes, no, that's not a hate crime. Well, I hated it. And sometimes we feel like things that we go through, oh, that's just, a, it's, it's, it's the devil attacking me. And, and, and we need someone to walk up and go, no, that is not the devil attacking you. Sometimes it's our own lifestyle and sometimes our own thoughts, our own actions bring us into that, um, that circumstance. And, and I'm not saying that we've sinned and brought us into it. It's just sometimes we make the wrong choice. Sometimes, what too many people think is, if you make the wrong choice, it's sin. No, it's not sin. It's sometimes you didn't hear from God correctly or you didn't hear what he was trying to say to you. But how do we go through a, a real trial and a real uh, situation in our life where it's an attack in our life? You know, how do we go through things of, you know, like we were talking a couple minutes ago about what happens if you lose our job or what happens if the, the um, car breaks down? What if our health takes a turn? We've all been there, right? Something happens at, at work, something happens at uh, the home, something happens wherever. How do you go through those times? So how do we fight when life presents us with trials and battles? How do, how do we fight that? Because a lot of times we go in and it's like, well, whatever happens, happens. And, uh, you know, and um, I'm a notorious um, uh, micromanager of that when it comes to our house. I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? And my family hates it, but, uh, you know, I, but I, I realize, Sarah and I both realize Words that we say will affect our future. Words we say will affect our children. And so for us, it's always been, my kids will, oh, well, I'm like, no, what you say? I'm like, watch what you say because you, you will get what you have or what you say you will have. And they, they, they're getting an understanding of that. Sarah and I had a full understanding of that because of, of some of the trials that we went through with, you know, when Layla was still in the womb of, of multiple issues and everything like that, we, we started to look at our words and watch what we said during the issues and the battles that we had. So what you do during your trial will affect how you come out of your trial. What you do during the battle will affect how you come out of the battle. So Psalm 100 says this, and we're going we're to go into how to, win, how to win before you end the battle. How to win during the battle so you end up winning at the end of the battle. So Psalm 100, it says this. It says, His steadfast love endures forever. 
Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know the Lord. He is God. It is, who, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter in his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. That's a mouthful right there. That is an amazing scripture. I love that. I love that in five verses, he can summarize our present, our past, and our future. But it says, what, what do we need to do when we go to God when we're going through trials? It says, come into the Lord's presence singing. And then in verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, praise and bless his name. It doesn't say enter his gates with whining and griping. It doesn't say enter his gates with... <laughs> okay, all you have... Anybody who has kids, you had that moment, and you're standing there, and they're like, Mom! And, and they just, they, they throw out the most gut-curdling scream of, of agony, like they're just dying, and they're like, what happened? He took my toy. And, and our kids come to us, you know, like, if you have, I have a house full of women, um, so pray for me. Yes, I do have the blessing of the Lord. It, it is women, um, but sometimes they don't get along, and especially when they're, um, <laughs> don't act surprised. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they don't get along, and what happens is, is this, is um, because they're, they're both around the, the same age and they can wear the same clothes, there's like this reciprocal closet that kind of comes and goes, but they don't tell each other that the reciprocation is not happening. Like, okay, I went to you and stole your clothes, and then I, oh, I'm sorry, borrowed your clothes, and then um, I went to your closet and borrowed your clothes, but you didn't tell me you were borrowing my clothes. So they'll come out of their rooms and they're like, I didn't tell you you could wear that. Why well, didn't tell you you could wear that? And it's like, and then it's like, mom! And then, you know, it's like, it's like, you borrow each other's clothes, so like they've got like four pairs of Converse, the, the, the old Chuck Taylors, and one's white, one's purple. They got like whatever, and they're like, well, I didn't say you could wear those today. I'm like, you, you have like hundreds of pairs of shoes, and, and, you, and you share shoes with your mom. And I mean, w- within our house, we could get like a 55-gallon drum full of shoes, um, <laughs> and then I could take them and burn them. And... Um, <laughs> And then I would be homeless. Um, but I, I was thinking about it, and it's like, but our kids, they, they come out of the room and like, I didn't say you could wear those pants. Well, I didn't say you could wear those shoes. And then it's, Mom, Mom, uh, she didn't say this, and she didn't say this, and wah, wah, wah. It's like, I'm just like, I just walk out of the room, put headphones on, turn the music up really loud on the sound bar, whatever I have to do to drown it out. Um, but our kids come to us with whining and groaning. And sometimes I'm gnashing of teeth. Um, but when we go to God, we have to think of him and say, okay, how do I, how does God move? God doesn't move through whining and groaning. Because what is whining and complaining? Whining and complaining is manipulation to get mom and dad to do what they, you want them to do. Most of the time. I'm not saying all the time. Some of it, some of it is completely fine of whining and, and complaining, but... Um, when we go to God, we don't 
we don't try to manipulate God. We don't try to force God. We don't come to God and say, well, I need you to do this because my life really sucks right now and it just needs some money and um, why don't you help me? Um, I do it in that valley girl voice when I say that at home. Like, like the girls will be talking and they'll be like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happening to you. And, um, and they, they, it's patronizing to them, but it gets them to smile a little bit and starts to break that, that idea of what's, what they're talking about. Um, but it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. That means thank him and praise him for what he's already done for you and praise him for what he is going to do for you. Not, God, I need you to do this because uh, you, know, you just need to come through for me. And if you don't, I'm going to be really upset. No, it says, thank him. Be thankful for what he's done for you. Thank the Lord for he is good and he is kind and it is everlasting. Praise him for what he has done for you and be so grateful and bless his name for what he has done for you. So there's a sign at the door of heaven. It says no whining or griping allowed here. And so when you go to the gates to praise him, you have to leave all the whining and griping at the door. But we have to look at it and say, how do I, how do I, how do I speak to God? It's funny that in the church world, in the Christian world, we tend to start to, like we put on these and thou's when we talk to God. It's like, well, I don't normally talk like this, but thou art my God and I'm going to, you know, it's like, I'm like, how, why, do we, why do we put on airs and why do we talk differently to God than we would a normal human being? Like, I need thee help, you know, like... <laughs> I mean, come on. We don't, we don't do that. We, we, talk to, we need to talk to God like we talk to other people. Yes, we, we come with reverence and, and he is a holy God, but why do we just go to him? Father God in heaven? He knows he's in heaven. We know he's in heaven. We don't need to remind him that he's in heaven. Just talk to him. But we, we go to God and we put on these weird phrases of, of if, Father, if your blessing from heaven could come. And okay. Let's just, let's just have straight talk with God because that's what we need. We, we, we spend, there's too much of that in church today and we need to have real conversations with God in real normal English. But what happens is, is we, we, we go to him with this, this weird verbiage of things that we want and we, we, go, like, we go from modern English back to like reading the King James to him. And it's like, no, we, we have to have that, that open conversation where it's not going to God on this one time when you're going through things. It has to be this, this open conversation that you're having a conversation with him daily, minute by minute, hour by hour. It has to be something that is like, okay, I'm going through this. I need help. And... But what happens is we pour out everything in one big thing and go, okay, God, I give it up, take care of it. But instead of saying, this is going on, and then a little bit later, God, this is what the update is. He knows the update, but he wants that conversation with you. He's, well, and, and it's that perpetual building on it. But what we do is we just take all of it and just dump it in his lap immediately and say, okay, deal with it. I'm walking away. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. But there has to be a partnership between you and God. When you go to your father, when our kids come to us and say, hey, I need some money, you're like, yeah, what are you going to do for that money? 
You don't just like, oh yeah, here's some money. Every now and then. But, um, but you, you don't just give your kids things for free and, ex- and then expect them to not be entitled and go to you for everything. So you have to give them something to work for. So that conversation with God is, is you're working w- on that relationship with the Father. You're working on that conversation with the Father. It needs to be, when you meet somebody for the first time, um, Nate, when I met you for the first time, did I pour out everything that was going on in my life to you? No, I didn't. I said, hi, how are you? What's your name? You know, I didn't want to freak him out. But as we build that relationship, Nate knows more about me now. Yeah. (laughs) He knows more about my life. I know more about his life. But if I had taken all my problems, everything I know, and just dumped them on him, he would have been like, I'm staying home. I'm not coming. Stay away from me. <laughs> like, I freak him out enough as it is, but I, he, doesn't need, he doesn't need anything else dumped on him. But w- what we do is we go to God on these, these one-offs. We go to God and like, oh, I got this huge weight. I got all these problems. And I'm just going to dump them on him. And then just like, when he takes care of them, then I'll be like, good. And then when I need him again two years later, I'll come back and just dump everything off to him. He's like, I know who you are, but I don't have a relationship with you because you don't, you don't have a conversation with me. You're not talking to me. It's like if my kids never talk to me and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, I need some money. I'm like, who, who are you? Like I, um, at work, there was this person who was at another branch for a couple weeks and she walked back into our branch and I'm like, hey, I'm Matt. Nice to meet you. Do you is this your first day here? And just joking with her, but that's how it is with us and God sometimes. It's like, he's like, I know you, but I don't know you because you're not having that conversation with me. You're not living your life intertwined with me. So we, we wait for God to do all this stuff and he's like, well, I need you to do something to be part of this relationship. This relationship has to be reciprocal. So when we go through problems, we're like, okay, this is where, what's going on. This is how I need to do it. And we just kind of throw it all on him. But a lot of times... People, even in the church, even in Christians, we don't know how to deal with what we have, the trial, the tribulation, the, the, the attack in our life, how to deal with that. And we have to look to God. We have to say, okay, you are my provider. You are the sustainer of my life. You are the one who leads me and guides me. And Psalm 121, 1 through 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love this scripture because a lot of people read it, but they don't stop at the end of the first verse. They, they read it and then they just continue on like it's one giant sentence. Do you guys see at the end of verse 1, what is there at the end of verse 1? There's a little, what is it? It's a question mark says, where does my help come from? It says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? People are like, God's coming from the hills. No. <laughs> David is saying, I look to the hills. My help's not coming from the hills. My help is coming from the Lord. That's two, that's two sentences there. There's two different phrases there. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Think about this. The, the person who made heaven and earth is our helper. How awesome is that? That the person who created everything, the universe, the earth, the animals, 
the snakes that we don't like, <laughs> the mosquitoes that we don't like. He created those, and He is also the person who helps us. What's great about that is when He helps us, He fights for us. He fights for you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. A lot of us see that scripture and go, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. What God is doing, you ever been in that moment where you have a little kid and it's like they're getting ready to step off something or fall into something and you hold, you grab them by the, the, the arm or something and you're just like, got them. That, that's what God is doing for us. God is not like, um, just like when we, he says he upholds us with a, he's like, hey, I got you. Even though you're ready to fall, I got you and I'm going to hold you up. So while you're fighting your battle, you won't look like, you're crazy. You won't look like you're an idiot. And the people who you are fighting, the, the things that are going on that you're fighting, you are going to be held up high. You're not going to be low. God is not going to put you low in order to, to get you to, while you're fighting through that. He's going to hold you up and say, hey, I got them right here. I got their hand. I'm going to hold you up. I've got you right now. But what I love about the scripture in Psalms, it says that we go into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. When you think of praise, what do you, what do you think of? Worship. Worship. Singing. Okay. It's not a word that we use very often anymore. We always use different versions, of, uh, different words to do it. But praise is something you, what do they tell you? When you train a dog, you need to give them what? Praise. And it can mean two different things. So what, we don't really use that, that word as often in our normal day-to-day words of, hey, we give, we give them praise. We were really praising them for this. It's not a word we use. We've turned it into a word for training a dog. You know, oh, good, you're a good dog, good job. Um, but that word praise actually means to glorify and to lift up. So when we enter his courts with praise, we're lifting up his name. We're giving him glory for who he is and what he has done. We need to praise him during the battle, even even though it hasn't been won like we've won it. We praise him like we've won, even though right now we're in the middle of it. If we're still in the battle, praise him like we've won the battle. Your, your words will really take you where, where you want to go in life. Our praise is a weapon. Even though the battle is not won, we celebrate it and we make, it's a prophetic declaration over our life. It's okay, I'm going through this trial right now. I'm going through this battle, whatever it is right now. But I know that I'm going to come out and I thank you, Lord, that I am going to be victorious in this, that my body is healed, that my finances, are, my, my family, my whatever is going to come out victorious. And we're, we're declaring over our life. We're declaring over our life what will be because we know who is fighting with us, who is fighting for us, and what the outcome is and the promises. is. 
So when it says our praise, when we need to praise, what we're doing is we're not, we're not fighting. We're, he's fighting and we're just cheering him on. It's like, go God, you got this. You've had this. You will win. We know you're going to win. I'm going to be victorious because you're victorious. Amen. It's not like, well, God, I hope you win this one. I'm sorry, I don't want to serve a, 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 a person, a, a God who's like, well, I hope he wins this one because if he doesn't, we're all in trouble now. I, I, why, would, why would you follow a God like that? Why would you serve a God like that? And you're like, I hope he wins this one. No, he has won. We just, we praise him for it. We, we declare that he, he has won and we are enjoying it before we've seen the victory. We just cheer him on. Second Chronicles 20.15 says, Listen, all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord, Do not be afraid or to be dismayed at the great horde of, for the battle is not yours but God. Okay, so it's not like there's an army. He says there's a horde. I mean, if someone said there's a horde coming towards your, your town or your country, it's like, like what, what describes a horde? Like, do you, can you look that up in the dictionary? Like, okay, it's at least this many people. Like, I don't know. A horde is basically un, too, um, too numerous to count. And God says to, to Israel and Judah, he says, hey, I'll take care of it. This horde that's coming towards you, don't worry about it. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. The battle is not yours, but God's. You know, our praise is a weapon in the, in the middle of battle, but our praise is what breaks through. So while God's fighting for us, our praise is, is what it does is it's cheering on God, but it's building us up. Like, because we're just gaining confidence. We start to praise God and we start to thank God for what He is. It starts to build something inside of us. So it's not like, well, you know, God's going to win the battle. It's like, yes, He's got this. Satan... You go back to where you came from. Our, our praise is, is what bra- it gives us breakthrough in the battle. It's what cheers God on and, and it keeps Him while He's working for us, while He's fighting for us. Exodus 14, 14 says, God will fight your battles for you. And you, I love this part, will keep your mouth shut. I love it. It's just awesome. It's just like the best scripture ever. God, I mean, how much easier is it? Hey, he's going to fight for you. You're just going to keep your mouth shut. That's all you're going to do. Some scriptures say silent. And then it goes on and says, it said, God said, keep your mouth shut and I will fight for you. And when I tell you to celebrate, the walls will be falling. Okay, so children of Israel, they're walking around Jericho. And he says what to them? Keep your mouth shut until I tell you. So he tells him, walk around the wall, walk around the wall, walk around the wall. He says, on the final day, when I tell you, you walk around and you walk around and you walk around and you walk around. And then you keep walking around until I tell you. And then on the final time, you lift up a shout of what? Praise. He says, lift up a shout of praise. He said, keep your mouth shut until I tell you and then lift up a shout of praise. 
And what people think is, well, my praise is what brought the walls down. No, your praise was what cheered on God while he destroyed the enemy and he took the barrier out of their way. Okay, so these walls, thick enough to do chariot races on. Yeah, so that's, it's a pretty decent sized wall. Um, it had to be at least 20 feet thick, probably. Um, and there, uh, I was reading... I've, I love history and I love random other stuff too about archaeology and stuff like that. And they were, they were talking about um, finding some of the remnants of the wall. And this wall, when it fell, did, you know, when you, you take a wall and you topple it, what happens? It falls this way, this way, this way, this way, whatever. This wall didn't fall out. It fell down. Read the scripture. What does it say? And then the wall fell down. So the walls didn't fall out and then they have to climb over. The walls fell down. I don't know how, don't know, I'm not even going to get into trying to understand it. But they didn't fall in, they didn't fall out, they fell down. And for a wall that big, that thick, more than likely, we all know gravity, it's not going to fall straight down. So God, when they opened their mouth, they were, they were just releasing praise for what God was doing. They were shouting for joy of what God was doing because he says, I'm going to fight for you. He said, you keep your mouth shut while, while you're going around through this, but when I tell you to release what you're go- you need to do, then you, you shout for joy and you sing praise. I just love that scripture. God will fight for you and you... You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> it's just great. I mean, yeah, it's like a bumper sticker. That's that's a great that's a great scripture right there. So, but what happens is is people start to look and say, okay, well, God's fighting for me, and I've got I'm going to give him the targets. Well, God, this is my target. I need you to fight for me in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area. But what happens is is we become so. And I'm not trying to put this in bad terms, carnally minded and worldly minded in what we're fighting, that we start to look at things instead of what is going on. Because what happens is is when we fight, we tend to get physicalized instead of spiritualized. We start to look at the problem and say, well, that person over there and that situation over there and that whatever is the cause of my problems. But it's not. Paul talks about it in Ephesians. He says there's spiritual warfare. And this is uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. It says, Be supernaturally infused with the strength through your own union with God. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing through you. Put on God's complete armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. What happens is we, we go through a situation and, and there's, there's something going on and it's an attack on our lives and we instantly go, that's the person over there. They're the problem that's causing the problems in my life. And we have to look at it and say, our fight is not with the flesh, it is with the spirit realm. Whatever's going on, but we get so focused on this instead of finding out and saying, God, what is going on with 
in the atmosphere of, of the area that we're in. Because people's thoughts in the, uh, the spiritual will influence them greater than the physical a lot of times. Because the spiritual will start to influence their thoughts and the thoughts start to go out into the action. But we, we, we take the action to say that action is what we need to fight against. No, we have to look at their action and say, why, is, why, why what they said or what they did, what is causing that? Because it's not fighting against what someone said about you. It's about the principalities that are putting those ideas and those things in their head and in their mind. We have to look at the situation in our health and say, what is affecting it? What is the spiritual situation that is going on? We have to, give, we have to start to, to raise our spiritual eyes, IQ, into a better, be able to see into, and say, God, what is going on with that? But we instantly say, okay, I can see it. This is what I'm attacking. But God says we don't wrestle with that. We, wrestle, we don't wrestle with, with the flesh. We wrestle with principalities. We're looking at something that is not visibly seen with our eyes, but is affecting and causing the situation, the, the health issue, whatever it is. And, but we forget about that. I think a lot of people don't want to talk about spiritual warfare because it's a little freaky sometimes. It, it, it's, a little, it's a little freaky. And it can, it can get weird. You know, you talk about ghost stories and you get the chills and it's like, okay, yeah, but let's, let's start talking about what's really happening in the atmosphere. Because what we don't see right now, there are forces waging war above us and around us and next to us that we cannot see. But they are fighting, God is fighting them. You know, what's funny is the devil knows he's defeated, but he still fights. And what's happening is, is we, we, we try to address the situation, but we're not addressing the, the real situation, the underlying situation that's causing these issues. We say, oh, well, this person's doing this. No, it's like, God, what is going on in their life that I need to pray about and find out what's going on in the spiritual realm? What is it causing the effect? So when we're looking at it, we can pray against what is giving them, that is influencing, not that person. God, just, uh, just smite that person down. That's all I want, God. My problem will go away if, I smite, if you smite that person down. But we, God, just remove that person. It's like, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But God is like, well, what, what if I just want to heal them so they don't, they don't allow that atmosphere into their, into their hearts and in their minds? They don't allow that influence of demonic things into their life. And so their life changes. We're like, you know, we're like the disciples. We're like, okay, so they rejected us. God, can we call out lightning on them over there and them over there? Like, pew, 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 pew. We're like, that's what we want to do. But it's not about that. We have, to, we have to say, God, what is influencing them? What is affecting them in the spiritual realm? And start to pray against that. We have to start to speak against that because that's what is causing some of the things that go on in our towns and in our families and our finances and everything like that. I say, God, what, is, what am I believing that is um, a lie? And reveal the truth to me so I can fight against it the correct way. So quit looking at what you're going to fight. Start to ask God what you're going to fight. He will give you blueprints of, and, and, and strategies of war to fight, but you've got to quit looking at the, well, that person at work's just <laughs> rubbing me the wrong way. Get over it. 
I mean, it, it, God is, that person is there to, whether you like it or not, that person is there they, to either hinder you or you can grow out of it. Well, that person rubs me the wrong way. Then grow up. Grow up and, 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 walk, and walk and grow up out of it and say, you know what, God? I'm just going to bless them. You know, you've all had those people at work. You're just like, I won't slap them. And, and you're like, but I can't because I don't want to go to jail. And I just need to, I need to grow up. And, and sometimes it's just like, God, why are you doing this? He goes, because I want you to grow. You're my child. I want you to grow. I want you to mature. Same way with my kids when they're fighting with each other. I'm like, just deal with it. And I walk away. Yeah, but Sarah. Sarah's the, it's a bummer. I'm just... Um, for me, I just, like, she goes, it's a bummer. I'm like, well, it sucks to be you right now. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But our spiritual war is, our spiritual warfare is going on around us, but we have to have eyes to see it in the spiritual realm and find out what is going on, pray. God is going to, uh, to address those things with you. But what we're dealing with is this, is we have two ways of doing this. And... We can, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. I love this scripture. This was like foundational scripture for Sarah and I. Um, this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, your words are so powerful and they will kill or give life. And a talkative person will reap the consequences. Some scriptures say they will, they'll, they'll get a fruit from what they, they talk. They'll harvest a fruit from what they, what they speak. I like this. It says a talkative per- person will reap. Re- Really reap the consequences. Couldn't get that out there for a minute. Um, well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, the words that come out of your mouth will ter- determine the outcome of your life. The people you speak to and allow to speak into your life will determine the outcome of your life. The people you associate with will determine the outcome of your life. The people you keep closest and allow to speak into your life and you speak into their life, you will find they are in the same group and they're going through the same issues most likely. About how long have we been married? 18 years? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so 17 years ago, one day we came home and we're like, we've got to change every one of our friends. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. We did. I mean, I'm not changing you guys. Love you guys. We're not changing you. Um, but you, you, you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but we, we, we came home one day and we were just like, it wasn't like a, I just a walked in the house and said, we got to change all our friends and we just <laughs> dropped everybody. It was just like a one day we're just like, this has got to stop. Like the people we were hanging around, it wasn't fruitful. We were, we were seeing ourselves go backwards even though we wanted to go forwards. We, it was like spinning our wheels in mud and getting nowhere. And we were like, what is going on? What do we got to do? And we just looked at each other and like, yep, got to go. This has got to go. This has got to go. They've got to go. And it wasn't like we didn't care for them or love them, but it was causing us to never go anywhere in life. And I look at it and say, how horrible would it have been if we were in that same group, in that same atmosphere, when we had gotten pregnant? I wasn't pregnant. She was. <laughs> when Sarah was pregnant with Layla and all the issues we had. We would have not had people that would have backed us up and said, this is what we're going to believe with you. This is how it's going to be. We would have been in the muck and the mire. And we would have been in that going, well, I hope it works out okay. But we had something in us that said, nope, we're not going to do that. 
because we knew what was being said around us was not, was not life-giving. It was not building us up. And the words that came out of the mouths of the people around us were not going to affect the way that the outcome of our life was going to be. We said, nope, this has got to change. So the words you say when you're going through trials will determine the level of victory you have during that trial. So what happens is, is this, is you're going through that trial, well, I don't know if this is going to work out, blah, 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 wah, 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 wah. Your kids do it. Any of you have parents, you know you that, and they're going through something, I just don't know if this is going to work out, I don't know. It, it, because fear and doubt come in. So our faith has to, has to rise to a level. Our faith has to stand up and say, no, this is the, the, as far as it goes. And then our words have to start to take over too. We have to start to, to rejoice in the victory that we have so the level you want out of your trial, however you want to come out of that trial, you want to come out barely alive, dragging a leg, or do you want to come out of it fully unscathed and say, God is good and he's taking care of me. So the trial you go through and the words you say will determine how you come out of it. You can come out and just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I survived that one, you know. Or... You can come out and say, you know what? God brought me through. He's given me better than what I came, oh, I started with. I've, come better, I've gotten better out of the end of it. You have to praise like you've won the battle even though you haven't. And be confident in God that he's fighting for you. Be confident in a God that loves you enough to, lay, to give you treasure in heaven. How awesome is this? You give him a dollar, he lays it up for you in the future. It's a good retirement fund. It's a really good retirement fund. It, you give to him, you lay up treasure in heaven. And he's like, you know what, hey. And, and he's not like a, you know, a 1% match kind of guy. He's really a lot better than that when it comes to it. He loves you and he's like, hey, when you praise me and when you give to me and when you, you spend time with me, you're laying up treasure in heaven. You're building yourself an inheritance. So you praise him like you've won the battle and be confident that while you're going through the battle, he's fighting for you. I've seen people, they go through, they're like going into the battle like, well, God said he's going to fight for me and I'm just going to not do anything else. Just going to wait for it. That's like, hey, I just put the hamburger on the grill. Not going to do anything else. I'm just going to wait for it. It'll be completely done on both sides. It'll be flipped itself. It'll be completely the way I want it. And I'm just going to sit here and wait for it. How many of you guys know 10 minutes later you have a grease fire in your, uh, in your grill? <laughs> but we have to be confident in God that he's fighting for you and start to praise him through that. Not just like, oh, God, I'm going to be silent. Not say anything. You're going to do it all. I'm just going to wait for you to do it. No, that, that's called an errand boy. We have to fight that battle. We're, it's, it's a fight. They call it a fight of faith. We have to fight with him, but he's fighting for you. How awesome is it that we get to, when we go into the trials and the, and the battles we go through, we have somebody fighting alongside of us and fighting for us. We don't go in alone. But praise him like you've won the battle even though you're going through it right now. Let's pray.